friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Listen, I want to say thank you because you've been so patient. I have been gone for four weeks straight, four weeks in a row. And just so you know, I missed you. I missed this podcast. I missed bringing you content. I took all of my recording equipment with me on my trip that was four weeks long and never got a spare second to record an episode. So Thank you so much for your patience, and I really appreciate your your positive feedback, your positivity. The reviews that you're leaving me are so kind and so nice. Thank you for having grace and compassion that I ghosted you for four weeks. So we are back. I want to tell you where I was, (laughs) but first let me tell you what are we going to talk about today. People often ask me, what is the most profound thing that NLP has given me, neuro-linguistic programming, what is the most profound gift that it has given to me? And that's a hard question to answer because as an NLP practitioner and an NLP trainer, NLP has given me so much. It's really hard to condense everything that it's given me into a nutshell, into one sentence, or even a paragraph. Yet, As I've been answering this question over and over, what it comes back to for me personally is understanding not only myself and how I see the world, it has given me the gift to understand other people and how other people see the world. What that has done for me personally, it has completely released judgment for myself and others because... I'm able to have compassion, insight, understanding, and a lens through which to understand other people, to understand other people's behavior, to understand their thoughts, to understand their words. And what that has given me as an individual person is this ability to communicate and connect with people on a much deeper level level. And that's not only really exciting as a coach who's trying to understand people from a psychological standpoint of bringing them healing. It's also really exciting to me as a person with friendships, relationships, family members, people in my day-to-day life that I get to be curious about their behavior instead of irritated by their behavior, frustrated by their behavior, walking on eggshells around certain people because of certain thoughts or uh, patterns or behaviors or whatever, it's given me a lifelong curiosity to understand people and to communicate with those people in my life. 
And so today, I want to bring all of that into an episode where we discuss communication and people in understanding the people in your life. Because I guarantee you, no matter who you are, no matter where you're listening to my voice right now, there are people in your life that are challenging to get along with at times. And if you can listen to this episode, I'm going to give you some concrete tools and theories to try on that will make communicating with those people in your life so much easier. And I really hope that's exciting or as exciting to you as it is for me. Because before NLP, let me just tell you, I had a lot of difficult relationships in my life. Now, I've taken ownership for that and for my lack of responsibility in these difficult relationships. I've taken full ownership of that. And once I've taken full ownership of that and I've applied these theories that I'm about to teach you and I've applied these skills that I'm about to teach you, life became easier. And once life became easier, let me tell you this, it became more fun. So in this episode, you're going to walk away with tangible tools that you can utilize anytime with any person and bring healing and connection and closeness and curiosity and fun back into the relationships in your life, whether those relationships be romantic, intimate, friendship type relationships, people that you work with, your colleague relationships, your family relationships. This episode is going to be off the chain. Yes, I just said that because I'm kind of old or maybe I'm super young. <laughs> I don't know. Where am I on the scale? It, I guess it depends on where you're listening from. But regardless... I'm really excited for today's episode and I hope you are too. So buckle up because today we are going to discuss the model of the world. The model of the world. That's for my big picture people who are like, give me the big picture. What are we talking about? We're going to talk about people's model of the world and we're going to deconstruct that model by going over some details about NLP presuppositions. These are theories that when you try them on allow your life to be easier and allow you to understand people better so we're going to go over some of the most basic nlp presuppositions that are going to make your life easier we're also going to go into filters how people filter their information i did talk about this briefly on another episode we're going to bring it back full circle as we go into how people structure their model of the world using their filters and then I'm going to give you some concrete tools for communicating with the people in your life who might have been challenging in the past to communicate with. I'm going to give you some concrete tools to help you have better relationships in your life. So hopefully all of that is exciting. And then, of course, I want to tell you where I was for the last four weeks because that was an open loop. I didn't close for you. <laughs> so I actually spent the last month of my life in Vegas and I was there becoming an NLP trainer. What that means is that I can now train and certify NLP coaches. So there's different levels when you first go into learning about NLP which is neuro-linguistic programming. 
which basically at its most basic term, you guys, for those of you that are what people and you're like, what is NLP actually? It's basically the study of excellence. It's learning how you can be a more excellent human being and understanding how excellence in others can be duplicated. That's what NLP is. It's basically the study of the brain. It's the study of how we make neuroconnections in our brain with language, how we filter the world through language, how we communicate our filters uh, via language. That's the linguistic part of neuro-linguistic programming. And then the programs are the programs we run on automatics, the automatic triggers. Well, once we study all of that, we can understand excellence. We can understand excellent communication, excellent behavior. We can understand success. So that's what NLP is. At your most basic level, you have NLP practitioner training. Depends on where you go, but NLP practitioner training is about usually seven to 10 days for you to fully get the depth of the understanding of what NLP is and all the details of what it is so you can learn how to use it. And then Beyond the NLP practitioner level, you can go on and get your master's practitioner. So after you have your master's practitioner, and master's practitioner usually takes anywhere from 16 to 20 days, kind of also depending on where you do your training. And it's taking that foundation that you built at the NLP level and it's building the walls of of the house, basically. So you're filling out the picture of what NLP is and how to use it and why it's important in your life at the master practitioner level. And then if you want to go beyond that, you can get certified in something called NLP Train the Trainer. And this is where I was for the last four weeks. And at this level of certification, you are trained high enough in order to turn around and certify others at both the practitioner level and the master practitioner level. So that's where I was. And it was awesome. It was the most amazing experience I've ever had as a student. And I learned so much. I'm so thrilled with my experience. And that's where I was for four weeks and it was intense. I was up every morning at 6 a.m. and I was in training all day until about 6 p.m., sometimes 8 p.m., depending on what we were doing. And then I would go home and I would study because we had intensive evaluation process to be certified to train others. So I'd go home and I'd study my test, I'd study my presentations, I'd study my demonstrations all night. So... I didn't get that much sleep for the last four weeks and I definitely didn't have time to do a podcast recording even though I had high, high, high hopes of doing so. It just didn't work out. So that's where I was for four weeks and I'm coming back so excited of like nerding out on NLP for four weeks that I'm like, okay, I have to do an episode that talks about what NLP has given me because what it's given me is a whole life transformation and I want to like break that down into tangible bits of information and tangible steps. So with all of that said, I know you're like, okay, we're excited. Let's go. So let me tell you step one, understanding your model of the world, understanding other people's model of the world. Okay. Our model of the world, just so you know, what do I mean by that? A model of the world is basically how you see the world. And this is constructed through your values. 
A value is something that you find really, really, really important. Your core values determine what's important to you. They determine your behavior. They determine how you spend your time, your energy, your resources, and your values for the most part, unless you've worked with an NLP coach, your values are unconscious. They're in the deepest part of the subconscious mind. So Everything that you do is completely dictated by these subconscious values. I want you to think about it. Like think about where you spend your free time. And I want you to now compare that to how other people spend their free time. Those who value fitness are going to spend a lot of their free time in the gym, cooking healthy meals, etc. And that's an unconscious value. They could be conscious of their behavior. They're conscious of going to the gym every day. They're conscious of their eating. I'm talking about their subconscious value of health. Or for other people who are at the gym all the time, maybe it's actually that they value the way that they look. They value their appearance. So people can have the same behavior and have different values. So we're not even talking about the behavior itself. We're talking about the unconscious value that's driving the behavior. So I want you to now look at people who spend their free time, let's say, with friends, playing games, at game night. Okay, this is how I spend a lot of my free time. Everybody in my group, my circle of friends who gets together for game night, we're there for different reasons. I'm there because I value connection and friendship. That to me is a value that I place a high importance on and I make time for it in my life. Other people who are there are there for different reasons. They're there because they value competition. They're there because they value the puzzle involved in solving these different complicated games, right? So it's not that we all value the same thing. Our behavior is all the same, so we make a good group of people because we can get together and have a really fun night. We're there for different reasons because we all have different unconscious, subconscious values driving that behavior. So that's important to understand, and here's why. Most people do not analyze their own behavior, nor do they bother to analyze other people's behavior. Judge other people's behavior, sure. I'm talking about analyzing to the depths of trying to understand someone's behavior. So let's take that same analogy because you guys know me. I like stories. I like analogies. They help teach and they help you learn. So let's, and this is a made up story, by the way. I don't want any of my friends to listen to this and be like, uh, which, who's she talking about? I'm not talking about anyone in particular. It's just an example. Let's say I go to a game night and there's a conflict that arises. Someone wants to play this game. Another person wants to play that game. There's frustration involved or let's say we even compromise and we're like, okay, we're going to play this. But whatever the value is that's in conflict, let's say one person in that moment is really valuing the gameplay itself. They're like, I'm here to win. I'm here to play the game. It's all about the game. Other people are there for different reasons, right? 
I'm there to connect with people, talk, have a good time. Well, to the person who's there to win and be competitive and play the game, my behavior is going to be frustrating. If I'm talking and laughing and la 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 and carrying on, that's going to be frustrating to somebody who has a different value in that moment. Especially if, I don't know if you've ever, I've been this person too. The person trying to explain the game and they're like, in that moment, they value everyone's attention. They're valuing trying to explain all the rules. They're valuing the rules of the game. And other people are laughing and carrying on and having side conversations. And the person explaining the game gets frustrated because they're like, ah, I'm just trying to focus on the rules and nobody else cares about the rules at this time, at this moment. So this is kind of a funny example. It's lighthearted and it's funny, but this is the root of conflict. When you go out into the world and you have an actual argument with someone, you have an actual disagreement with someone where you're like, their behavior is this. They're so whack. They're not seeing things correctly. Well, what's happening is that person in that moment of every single conflict, that person is valuing something different in that moment you can take this to something as lighthearted as game night and you can take this theory to the as something as complicated and complex and heated as political policy the reason for the conflict is the underlying value in conflict just think about it Would you say, let's take our polarized system for a second. Would you say that the people on the right have different values than the people on the left? Just their unconscious, subconscious, what do they value? They're valuing different things. And the issue with that is trying to solve a problem or trying to come to some sort of agreement when you're arguing for different values. I'm going to take something basic. I'm going to try to keep this as mm, calm as I can. And yes, that means I'm going to use a very basic issue. (laughs) The most basic terms I can. Because this podcast isn't a political one. It's just a teaching moment, okay? So take this for what it is. It's a teaching moment. I'm going to use just an example. Let's say you're talking to somebody who's really right wing. And you're trying to figure out what they value. And you are talking to them, right, to get to the underlying value of what they want. And let's say that the person that you're talking to, they value financial freedom. They're valuing how money is spent and how they are free to spend money however they want to because they value financial freedom. That's just one example. Okay. now we're going to take the someone you're talking to somebody on the left side. And you're trying to figure out their highest intention or their highest value, right? And you're, you're in a conversation with them and you find that this person really values freedom of choice. And you're like, okay, I can get, understand that. You want freedom of autonomy, freedom of choice. Okay, so now you've got two completely different values. Okay, just an example. Someone you're talking to that's far right, that's like, I value freedom of money. And someone on the far left that's like, I value freedom of choice. Well, choice and money, how are we even going to have that conversation? Those are completely different things, eh? And so what you're going to do is you're going to try to find the highest intention of both. What do both people 
people value in common in that statement? And actually, I gave you the answer. It's not money or choice. They both valued freedom. This is called finding the highest intention. Because as we chunk higher and higher and higher, we actually can find agreement somewhere. Even if we're coming from two polar opposite sides of the spectrum, we can figure out what we have in common. What do we have in common? Oh my gosh, it's freedom. Now, this is just an example, okay? I understand there's going to be situations outside of this example. The example is just the example. It's to teach that even in conflict, people have a highest intention in common. So the reason why this is really exciting, I hope, is because you can create agreement with people in your life. Even the most polar opposite person in your life, if you are willing to have a conversation about the highest intention that you both value, you will find agreement. Now, I want to take this off of politics for obvious reasons and put it back on game night. Let's say I'm at game night, okay? And I'm fooling around, I'm laughing, I'm having a drink, I'm having a great time. And I get the sense that I'm irritating a couple people. All I have to do in that moment, instead of getting defensive or getting angry that we're valuing different things and they're vibe killers or whatever, (laughs) I can just ask, hey, what's important to you about game night tonight? Like, what's important to you? What did you hope to come here and get? Because if I get curious, I can solve the problem. And that is the first concrete tip. If you haven't been taking notes, please write that one down. Get curious. And underneath it, if you're an excellent note taker, you're going to write this question. Hey, what's important to you about plank? I'm going to tell you why you're going to use that specific question because it is, the wording is precise. If I were to turn around and say to my friends, why are you so upset? (laughs) Do you think that's going to go very well? (laughs) No, why is actually a shaming question. Why presupposes that somebody is doing something quote unquote wrong. Even if you don't mean it that way when you're asking someone why, it's an unconscious, unspoken communication that you're judging something. Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you behaving that way? Even if you say the question why in the most sing-songy voice that you can and you're a Disney princess and you're like, why are you doing that? You're still not going to get a good response from people. So what you want to ask is, what's important to you about? When you ask what's important to you about, it completely takes the judgment out of the question and you're going to get the information that you're seeking and it's going to be neutralized and no one's going to get upset. You're actually going to defuse the situation. And I'm going to give you a concrete example that happened to me this morning. It's so funny because I plan these podcasts, I think about them, and then inevitably I get to practice literally right before I hit record almost every single time. I can pretty much guarantee it. So I came home. I was having a discussion with my father. Side note, interruption. I'm not sure how much backstory to give you. (laughs) 
So I'm like struggling with how much backstory to give you because it's not super private. It's just a long drawn out story that I don't want to go into. So you're going to get the Cliff Notes version. The short version is my dad wanted something done immediately and was under the impression that something was going to get done immediately. And I was under the impression that I had months to get certain said thing done. And I was experiencing absolutely zero urgency, which I'm absolutely positive was frustrating (laughs) to him. And I was frustrated that he was so urgent about this matter. And I was like, oh, you're stressing me out. Ah, It doesn't need to be stressful. But then I realized, oh, that's shaming, blaming language. You're stressing me out. So I didn't say that to him. This was a conversation I was having in my head. So I paused for a minute and I was like, hmm, he's clearly valuing something different in this moment than I am. And then I was like, well, what am I valuing in this situation? And I was like, okay, I'm valuing that it be done over a time period where I can feel super organized about the whole thing. I have a lot of time and space in my brain to get this project done. It's not the most important priority. I'm whatever it's gonna get done but I'm thinking I have a lot of time and I'm valuing the peace of taking my time and I'm valuing the organization of this project and giving myself time so I'm valuing organization peace of mind and time that's those are the values that are in play so then I just asked my dad because I'm like I can't pretend to know what he's valuing and why this has to get done immediately I don't know and I can't pretend to know and this is where people fall short in their communication. They unconsciously make assumptions about the other person's behavior. Well they're just doing x y and z because that's just the way they operate. That's just the way it always is for them or they're just high stress all the time or whatever. So instead I could sense the tension building right. He's like ah when are we gonna do this ah and I'm like okay. Can I just ask what is important to you about getting this done super quickly and urgently? And the reason why I'm asking that is because you and I are on completely different pages. Like I'm thinking I have all this time that I've got months to do this and I'm really getting this sense of urgency from you. What's important about it? And he laid it out for me and it was fair. He's like, I really want this done because... I have this and this and this and this coming up on my plate and I want this done. And I was like, okay, clarity, light bulb. I understand where you're coming from now. I didn't foresee what was in your future timeline. How could I, right? So I'm in the flesh in the moment just making snap judgments like, oh, you're stressing me out and why are you always da-da-da? But then when you take a minute to get where someone is coming from, and with the question what's important to you about suddenly you understand and I was like I understand now why this is urgent and then I got more clarity on by when specifically did he want it done because it actually wasn't today he's like well I just assume that because you know you think that you have like a year that it's gonna take a year and I'm like well that's an assumption why don't we just discuss a time that works for both of us? Because this weekend doesn't work for me, right? Like right this second doesn't work for me and it doesn't need to take a year. I just thought I had more time than what 
you're giving me. And so we worked it out. We were able to work it out. And here's the thing that I want you to understand. Like compare and contrast for a second. Before I had NLP, before I understood values, before I understood model of the world, before I understood any of this, I would have been the person that made a snap judgment. He's just this type of person. He's just type A. He's just super stressed out all the time. It's just the way that it is. I'm going to have to tiptoe around this behavior or dig in my heels and be like, no, we have to do it on my timeline. That would have been my two options before I would have seen two options number one dig in get aggressive and go to battle right now or number two bend over and submit like that's what an awful way to live your life but unfortunately that's where I was before I had this learning and that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff because it's like no actually when you have the tools and you implement the tools life becomes easier your relationships with people become a lot more fun so get flexible so we got flexible and I was like all right we've got something on the calendar now moving forward now that might seem like a really small example where it's like yeah Rachel it's called problem solving people do it all the time people communicate all the time that's great I am talking about the people in your life where it's not so easy it's not so easy That's when you want to pull these tools out and you want to get curious and ask what's important to you about blank because I guarantee you that person is valuing something different in that moment than you are. Now this is number two and it's really important. Respect the other person's model of the world. Respect the other person's model of the world. Understand this. Your model of the world is your own and nobody else shares it with you. So who's to say that your model of the world is the one right way to do things? It's unique to you. And so what happens is we go out into the world and we bump elbows with people who have completely different model of the world, different value system, different filters, different meta programs, which we're going to go into in a different podcast, but they're a completely different person. Like if you are wearing rose colored glasses and they're wearing blue, are you going to be experiencing the world the same? No, it's a lens through which you see the world. So let's just let our guard down and be like, I don't have to be right. My model of the world is not right or wrong. It's just a model. It's just a lens through which I operate. I'm not even talking about morality. I'm not talking about ethics. I'm not talking about right and wrong as far as your moral code. I'm talking about your model of the world and what you value in a given moment. So... When you bump elbows with somebody who is completely polar opposite, completely valuing different things, has a different structure than you, living their life completely opposite, respect. You know why? Because you don't know how that person's filters were formed. You don't know their background. You don't know their upbringing. You don't know anything really about that person. So just respect that from where they're coming from, they are making the best decisions they can with the information that they have and I'm going to repeat that one because it's an NLP presupposition that I struggled with at first 
This was the one. So at my very first exposure to NLP, we went through and we read all the presuppositions and we had to stand up. So everyone was sitting down or no, I'm sorry. Everyone was standing up. And if you agreed to the term, you agreed to the NLP presupposition, you were like, okay, I can try that on. I'm good with it. You could sit down. So whoever was left standing was like, I take issue with this. (laughs) Mine was people are making the best decisions they can with the information that they have. And I was the only person that did not sit down because I was like, I really am struggling with this one. There's a lot of messed up stuff in the world. How can people be making the best decisions they can with the information that they have? I I disagree. I stood up. I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. And then I realized this. People have different information. And quote unquote the best decisions, what we're not saying is that people make good decisions. Or they make morally ethical decisions. What we're actually saying in that presupposition is that people have a positive intention, even if it's selfishly motivated. There's a positive intention behind every behavior. So if you can understand that someone has a positive intention behind their behavior... And they have a completely different model of the world. And they have a completely different worldview. You can have more compassion. Even for the most vile behaviors on the planet. Because people are not their behaviors. People are not their behaviors. People are so much more than their behaviors. Their behaviors are a manifestation of so much complicated information about a person. Yes, behavior gives us a lot of information about a person. A lot of information about a person, but it's not who the person is. So when we can detach behavior and intention and who a person is, we can actually have more compassion and grace for people, even I'm sorry to say this, even people that don't deserve it. There's times in your life, my friend, where you have not deserved grace and mercy, but you've been gifted it. You've been gifted grace and mercy and compassion in your life. So all I'm saying is try that on when you bump elbows with some of the most frustrating human beings on the planet. It's just... They're not their behavior, A. B, they have a completely different model of the world. C, they're making the best decisions they can with the information that they have. Maybe that person is just juvenile. Maybe they don't have as much world experience as you. They don't have as much information as you do. So instead of having judgment for that, we can just be like, yeah, I don't want to be around that person actually. I mean, no judgment. I mean, if they want to live their life totally egotistical, that's fun for them, but it's not for me. So I'm going to choose to not be around that person as much. Or let me give you another example. People like to throw this one around. Oh, that person's toxic. Okay, so that person's behavior is toxic in your opinion. Just hang out with that person less or not at all. But we don't have to have judgment for where that person is at. Okay, I'm going to get, I feel like I'm getting a little preachy. I'm sorry. 
I tend to get super passionate and I don't mean to be preachy. I'm just coming with so much passion and compassion because when I first heard this information, it shattered my worldview to the point where I was the only person standing up in a room full of 100 people saying, no, I cannot try that on. I refuse. And actually, it was my business partner, Jen, (laughs) who was leading this training and she was like, Rachel, I didn't say people make good decisions. I said people make the decisions they can, the best decisions they can with the information that they have, not good or bad. And I was like, okay, I can try that on. I can try on that people make decisions based on the information that they have of the world and maybe some people just don't have as much information. Sure. I can try that on actually. And here's one more NLP presupposition that I'm going to leave you with that's really fun. The meaning of communication is the response that you get. The meaning of communication is the response that you get. It's funny because this is so true once you start to apply it and understand it. If you're trying to communicate something, literally my husband and I had this come up for us last night. We were trying to communicate something. Communication went haywire. All of a sudden we're like arguing and I'm like, what are we even arguing about? I'm so confused. (laughs) Have you ever been there? You're like, wait, I thought we were just trying to discuss A, B, and C. Now we're arguing about X, Y, Z. I don't even know where we are in this conversation or how we got here, but what is going on? Okay, well, This can come back to the NLP presupposition that communication is the response that you get. What does that actually mean? It means if you're communicating with somebody, uh, calibrate on their response to you. Their response to you says a lot about what they understood. So if you're communicating something to someone and all of a sudden they get angry and you're like, what? What? Why are you angry? Again, we don't say why, but you're like, oh, what specifically are you upset about? Because I have no idea what information you just heard, but now all of a sudden I'm getting a response that I didn't intend because I thought this conversation was just going to be easy breezy two seconds and now we're 20 minutes later and we're arguing. That's not the response that I was expecting. So Communication is the response that you get basically means that calibrate on someone's response. If they're responding in a way that's shocking to you, you're like, whoa, they misunderstood what I meant. So you can just ask, hey, what did you hear? Because I I need to re-communicate something because I don't think I did a very good job communicating what I wanted to communicate. This might be tricky at first, my friends, because what this actually means is you're going to have to take responsibility every single time someone misunderstands you. You must take responsibility every single time. And it doesn't have to be a pride thing. It doesn't have to be an ego thing. It, it, It can be challenging at first when you're first trying this on. I promise this will be a lifesaver for you if you can take responsibility for the response that you're getting. So let's say, let's put this in an actual tangible situation. Let me take you back to last night. I was talking to my husband. We want to go out of town this weekend. We were discussing babysitters for our dog. (laughs) It's literally what we got in a fight about. And I'm like, hey, okay, so I'm thinking X, Y, Z. Now, 
I heard, whether or not this actually happened, we still don't know. But I heard what I thought was a tone from my husband. Well, the situation is this, this, and this. And I'm super high auditory, so anytime I think I hear a tone, I get my feathers ruffled, right? And I'm like, what is this tone? So now I have a tone. (laughs) And all of a sudden, we're like arguing about the plan with the dog. And I'm like, okay, actually, my husband, I have to give him 100% credit for this because I was riled up. And he's the one that said, let me recommunicate this because I'm not getting the response that I want. And communication is the response that you get, right? Right, babe? And I was like, oh my gosh. Thank you for pulling out the tools because I don't even know what's happening right now. Thank you. I was like, yes, let's backtrack. Let's start over. What would you like to recommunicate? And then he recommunicated. And I was like, okay, I hear that now. I have new information. I'm clearly seeing your model of the world and where you're coming from. I get it. I get it. Thank you for recommunicating with me. So, What I'm hoping that you're hearing is that when you come into conflict with people, if you take responsibility for the communication, you can start over with someone. It's literally that simple. So you're going to say, hold on, I would like to own that maybe that didn't come out right. I, I think we're understanding two different things. I'd like to own that that's what you heard. And that's not what I meant. So let me start over. So to recap, number one so far, get curious about where the other person is coming from in terms of values and their model of the world. So get curious and ask what's important to you about. Also remember, have grace for people because people are making the best decisions they can with the information that they currently have. You might have more information and be patient with people who don't have the information that you have. They might have different information that you don't have, but there's different information on both sides. So just know that people are making the best decisions they can with the information they have. Step three, re-communicate whenever necessary and just take ownership for communication. And then lastly, this one's really fun. I want to leave you with this. It's called the law of requisite variety. And what this law states is that the person with the most flexibility wins, essentially. So if you can get curious Understand that people make the best decisions they can, re-communicate, and lastly, get flexible. Your life's going to be really, really easy. My father and I, let's take it back to that conversation. We both had to get flexible because he wanted A, I wanted C, and we met in the middle with B. Plan B. I was like, okay, you want A, I want C. Let's both get flexible and find a plan that works for everybody. Take it back to game night. How can we all get what we want? Let's get flexible. Okay, maybe I can have fun and socialize um, after somebody explains how to play the game. Fair enough. I'm willing to commit to that. 
I'm up, I acknowledge that maybe my behavior was off-putting to people who were trying to hear the rules. I'm sorry. I'm willing to get my needs met once you've gotten your needs met. Flexibility. And with my husband, I saw plan going such and such a way. He saw the plan going a totally different way. So whoever is willing to get flexible is going to have a more fun life. Let's just put it that way. Instead of digging in and saying it has to be done this way, digging in costs you time. It costs you energy and it costs you a lot of mental strength. Save your resources. You know that old expression, pick your battles? Pick your battles. Like seriously, is this worth your time and energy or can you get flexible? Because the person who's willing to get flexible has a more enjoyable life. I hope you have found this podcast really helpful. If nothing else, like who is the person in your life where you're like, okay, I'm going to go apply some of these strategies. I'm going to get curious. I'm going to ask what's important about. I'm going to understand that they're making decisions with the information they have. I'm going to try recommunicating and I'm going to get flexible. Who are the people in your life? And you know, I know there's probably someone listening right now that's like, yeah, I don't know that I can do all of this stuff with such and such a person. Sometimes when people are in effect, remember we had a whole podcast on being at cause or being in effect. When other people are in effect, just give them a little bit of time and space to be where they're at emotionally. And then once things have calmed down, if you want to restart a line of communication with someone, start with, I'm curious. Because I'm curious is a really positive way for you to reopen communication with someone. Even if that line of communication has been shattered or broken or isn't there anymore. If you call someone and say, you know, I've been curious. I'm wondering if you could tell me where you're coming from. People love that. People love to be heard. Even if you disagree, at the end of the day, allowing people to be heard goes a long, long way. Sometimes what you'll find is that now that you have the tools, you are the person responsible for using the tools. Remember Spider-Man's uncle who said, with great power comes great responsibility? You have the power now. And so it's going to be on you to re-communicate with the people in your life that you've been experiencing them and their behavior as challenging. It is. You know why? Because you have tools now that you can try. So try the tools and then decide, what would I like this relationship to look like moving forward? What's worth it for me? What's not worth it for me? What terms can we agree upon? Where can I be more flexible? Where am I not willing to be flexible? These are some really good questions to ask yourself. And once you're clear on those, open that line of communication and start over. And if you are going to try this, I would love to hear from you. Please let me know how your experience goes with communicating with people in your life. Shoot me an email at Bailey at gmail.com and tell me what was your experience like in re-communicating with some of the people in your life. 
All right. As always, remember, this podcast is about giving you more choices because life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.